Hey ladies and gents, if you're tuning in, this is the second episode. The first one was just a little intro, but now we're getting into the meat. We're getting into the real deal. So this topic today is flee from idolatry in your marriage. So important. Idolatry is so dangerous. And you can, you may say, well, you know, I don't deal with idolatry, but the truth is you probably do. Um, basically, idolatry is anything that you exalt above God. So what does that mean? Um, if you try to do things in your own might, if instead of praying, you decide you want to do something else, instead of spending time with God, you decide you want to do something else. You may have given yourself credit for something that you know good and well, <laughs> you couldn't have done on your own. Um, and it's really, and it's very dangerous. Um, what are different types of idolatry? Um, idolatry could, you know, the obvious, you know, when people worship things that are not God, people worship the universe. They worship the sun, the moon, the earth, nature. They worship, I mean, they, um, celebrities you know and if you're in america you know that's a real thing people worship celebrities um they spend time really i mean chanting um different celebrities they put celebrities in this high place even though they're just man um these are all different types of idolatry but then they're the other ones that people really don't realize is idolatry which is you can idolize yourself uh, you could place yourself as your own God. You will try to do things in your own might. Um, you will try to, um, you will take credit for things that you know you couldn't have done. Um, instead of going to God about it, you will just try to do it yourself. And one of the biggest thing, and it was not, all of these are big, but um, what we're really diving into is you can idolize your spouse. So you're probably thinking, well, I don't idolize my husband because, or if you're a man, I don't idolize my wife, but I don't idolize my husband because he don't be doing nothing anyways. I mean, he's always disappointing me. I mean, first of all, you know, you may feel like you're more, uh, you're smarter than him, book smart. You may even be street smart. You may even be truthfully, spiritually stronger than him. So you probably like, I honestly probably may even just look down at your husband, but do you know that there's still some form of idolatry there? So what, how do we know that you're actually idolizing your husband? Does he constantly disappoint you? Are you constantly frustrated with him? These are questions that you have to ask yourself because if you are, there could be some idolatry up in there. Now, I say this out of love because this is something that I've experienced. I experienced probably a a good, good, great, long, <laughs> long year, okay, of uh, trying to do things in my own might. You know, I had this standard... This expectation of what I wanted my husband to be and what I thought he should do. And even though I was, I, you know, I do truly believe in a lot of those situations, I was rightfully slow. I was the one trying to tell him what to do. I'm just like, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to get this together. You need to get that together. You know, doesn't that sound familiar? And so I felt, you know, I was very frustrated. 
And things just wasn't moving. He didn't get it. He did. He wasn't agreeing with it. It was just a lot of different arguments and frustrations. And I'm just like, what's happening here? Oh, but I'll tell you what's happening. <laughs> I was putting myself in the place of God. I am not God. I cannot change him. God can change him. And now expectations will be a, another topic for a whole nother day because we're going to get into that because that's a whole thing in itself. But for now, we are just going to delve into idolatry. Um, so, yeah, so I had a lot of, ex you know, I, I wanted him to do everything. I expected everything and I was consistently disappointed. But the truth of the matter is I did. It was deeper than him. I wasn't allowing God to do. I wasn't allowing God to do what God needed to do in our marriage. I was trying to do it in my own might. And so we just going to, I'm sorry, I'm just going to speak a, a, a verse here because, you know, we are, you know, I am a, a full-time believer, okay, of Jesus. And I've seen miracles, signs, and wonders work in my life. So I pray the same for anybody that is listening to um, this podcast because it really is a life changer. It's a game changer. And so we're just going to um, look at the scripture of Jonah chapter two, verse eight. And it says those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. Those who regard worthless idols, you forsake your own mercy. You forsake you. You kind of just leave your own self out. You kind of just you're messing your own self up. You're basically sabotaging yourself when you regard worthless idols. You yourself can be an idol. And also you just then when you put your husband on a pedestal. So when you and, and this is and listen as a wife, right, especially those who are learning their own worth, especially those who understand that there are certain things that a man should really be doing. So I understand that you may be in a relationship where your husband is lazy, right? He may not work as hard. He may not, um, be where you want him to be sexually. He may not be romantic. He may not really be, um, he may not have stepped his game up in fatherhood. He may not spend time with you. Um, he may be angry. He may be too aggressive, right? He may, um, lack compassion and understanding for you. These are all, these are all things that are not okay. Because as we do know that a man is supposed to honor his wife and love her as a weaker vessel, he's supposed to love his wife as Christ loved the church. So I want to be very clear that that's not okay. But you, the way you we're going about it is what's wrong and what's incorrect. And see what happens is, is when we do, when we go about it the incorrect way, guess what? We're making ourselves our own gods and we're therefore telling God, we don't need God to handle this. We can do it ourselves. So we're just out here frustrated. And so a lot of times you may find yourself speaking to your husband like, hey, and this is not to say that you can't say anything that you have to be mute. But when you put God first, it is a different type of situation. So when you say, hey, you need to, you know, I don't like that. You know, I'm not a single mother. You should be helping out with the children. Doesn't that sound familiar? You need to be helping out with the children. You need to be going, you know, you can take them out. You can play with them. They have a father in their life. Why aren't you spending enough time with them? And then the man goes, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I do spend time with the children. What do you do at that moment? 
No, you don't spend time with the children, okay? I'm going to give you example A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And this is whole argument. You're left frustrated, angry, disappointed. A lot of wives out there are disappointed. And the problem with disappointments is that it opens the door for bitterness, anger, resentment, unforgiveness, right? And it was so interesting because I heard this powerful woman of God. She was speaking. She said, when you deal with those things, it can hinder your praise for your husband, so if you're trying to pray for him and you really see him as maybe even the as as your enemy or see him as there's no good, don't he not even worth a prayer, you're really sabotaging your household. So, you know, so when you put God first, right, you're basically surrendering like, God, I can't do this myself. So the first thing you have to do is you have to renounce any idolatry in your heart. And if that means if it's yourself or your husband, when it's your husband, you will find yourself that you look to him to be everything that God is supposed to be. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I had to take a moment. I mean, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> Listen, God is our provider, right? Our Jehovah Jireh, he is our provider. He sets us in a land of provision. He takes care of us, right? God is our protector, right? He protects us from the evils and dangers of lands. He is the reason why we wake up every morning. He is the reason why you missed that car accident. He is the reason why your children are alive and breathing to this day. He is the reason why when you, um, if you swallow something and choked it, popped up. God is the reason why you're alive. God is the reason why your husband was able to come home unharmed and unhithered. God is the reason why um, if your husband got pulled over, okay, he didn't get gunned down. I'm telling you, God is our protector. God is our healer. Okay, God heals our broken heart. He sees about those who are brokenhearted. He heals us physically. Okay, God is a preventive God. He prevents things from happening. He will give us warnings that prevents things from happening. God is our counselor, the best therapist we could have. God is our counselor. He can teach us. God is our teacher. I mean, the list goes on and on. I could spend a whole, whole, I could do a sermon about that. Truthfully, God is everything to us. God is our first husband. He is the bridegroom. God is our first father. God is everything to us. And so when we place God in the rightful place, everything will fall into alignment. So what happens is when you hear that I said, God is your first husband. When you hear that I said, God is your provider. God is your counselor. God is your teacher. God is your comforter. Oh, yes. God is your restorer. He restores things that was lost. He, was, he res gives you fresh life. God is your redeemer. Some of us are looking for our husbands to be those things for us. You know, you don't, I don't feel beautiful. You look, you know, some of us have let ourselves go because, you know, we don't feel beautiful because our husbands have not made us feel beautiful because they don't say, you know, babe, you look beautiful today. Or, you know, they don't take you out. They don't take you shopping. They don't comment your new hairdo. So you kind of lost sight of how you look. You feel unworthy. You feel your, your confidence has gone down. They don't make love to you like, you know, you're the most beautiful thing on this earth. So your confidence has gone down. 
Some of you are feeling like, you know, you're supposed to be way ahead of the game and in concerns of business wise that your husband has so much to offer and he's in this low level job and you're like, we could be making so much more money. And so you're frustrated when y'all have arguments about bills. Some of us are have had past hurt. So when your husband does something that remind that is similar to something that your ex has done, or maybe even your father or mother has done, it takes you into, into such a place that it breaks you down and you feel discouraged and depressed. And what you've done there is you've placed him as your God. Because see, you he cannot no man should ever have the power no man should ever have the power to make you feel to make you or break you see we already let me tell you when you put god first god give you the you the meal you you already you got the whole meal in front of you and somebody said this once i read it in a book it blessed me the man said with everything else that's just seasoning so you already know that you that you're beautiful. You already know that you're amazing because God told you and you believe God before man. See, when you put God first as your first bride, as your first husband, let me tell you something. God, when, when you put God first as your first husband, you going you will hear the voice of God so audibly. You will or however God speaks to you, because sometimes it's audibly, right? Sometimes it could be you through you can see. Sometimes it could be a feeling, right? It could be really spoken directly into your heart, and you will hear you are beautiful. God will begin to show you things, how to dress certain things, give you tips, give you advice. And you'll be so wrapped up in the love of God that that's who you choose to serve first. And so when your husband, so you already know in your heart that you are amazing. You already know, oh, <laughs> you got it like that. And let me tell you about that. You got it like that. The way that you got it like that glow sets you up. Your glow is going to be amazing. And so what that does is when your husband, when he come on the scene with it and he's like, honey, you look gorgeous. You like, thank you. But it don't, it really don't make you. You think it's, you think it's a beautiful compliment, a compliment. It makes you smile. It's like, okay, I see you seeing me, but you are, you already feeling yourself because God already told you. And so also when you're not saying it, when you, you know, you, um, Let's say, you know, he don't say anything. You over here like, Al, <laughs> I look great. And there's nothing. And I'm not speaking. This is not vain. A lot of women, a lot of wives feel that, you know, they, 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 have, they feel down about this. And though it starts to show physically, they start to lose too much weight or gain too much weight, right? They go from wearing, um, they, they go from making sure before they walk out the house, they on it. So they like, listen, take these sweatpants, take these slides, all right? Take, listen, I put deodorant on, be thankful. I don't care that baby food is on my sweatshirt. Leave me alone. Yes, I got to buy it on. I'm just going to Walmart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, that, that happens. When you put God first, oh, they can't break you. And this is not to demean because, and, and, and let me tell you, and then, oh, I got something good for you. But let me just get into the other parts too. When you put God first, see God as your healer, right? 
when your husband is, you have to remember he is just a human being. So when you put God first as your healer and there's certain things that's happened in your past and you allow God to heal you. And let's say your husband shot, you know, unfortunately, let's say he does something that reminds you of something that your ex did. Right. That wasn't right. Honey, that it may annoy you, but it won't take you to a dark place because God has already healed you because he's you're, you allow God to be your healer. And this is, this one's going, I mean, this, I pray this whole thing is blessing y'all, but this one's going to really get you. I mean, it's going to get you, it's going to gather you up, right? Because there's a lot of issues in marriages, financial issues. And this, this is a whole nother topic, <laughs> but financial issues cause such strain in marriage. It really can strain your communication, your sex life. It can strain the way you deal with your kids it can strain your um your faith your confidence um so when you put god as the in the place of your provider whoo oh my goodness oh oh my goodness when you put god as your provider let me tell you something it's going to come the money will come and I speak that the provision will come and people won't understand. He won't, your husband might not even understand. My goodness, you won't even understand, but you know, it was God. And so there's a verse and I read it and I said, you know, as I was prepping for this, um, because this is, I, I, I agree with what was said, but there was a verse that matched it. And that's the beauty of what I'm saying is that I'm not just speaking out of flesh. You know, I have the verses to just to, to kind of back what I'm not even some kind to truly back what I'm saying in, in front of what I'm saying up, you know. So there's Judges chapter 10, verse 14, where God says, go and cry out to the guys which you have chosen and let them deliver you in your time of distress. <laughs> so when we place people as idols or things as idols, God is basically sitting back like, OK, well, let them help you. You want to be your own God? Well, you help yourself then. Let's see how this marriage goes. Let's see how your children are. Let's see how your husband behaves. You out here arguing, frustrated, trying to teach him how to walk, talk, and be a man. Well, let's see how much of a man he is. You out here trying to argue with him about being a provider. Well, let's see how much money flows into your home. This is the truth. And I've experienced this on my own, my own testimony. I saw such greatness and who my husband was supposed to be. And he fought me tooth and nail about it. And I was left just disgusted. But God was like, listen, you go cry out to yourself then. Let just let you help you help your husband and let's see how far you can go because clearly you made him clearly you knew him before he was formed in his mother's womb clearly you know the, the the trauma a lot of men go through certain traumas and if you're not sober and wrapped up in God and you don't put God in his rightful place you won't be able to see it because you'll be so um in your own emotion and so in the area of God being my provider it wasn't until. I put God in the place of my provider that things started falling into place and the money that came in, it, you can't make it up. It's not by my might. It's not by, I'm not by my husband's might, not by our power, but by the Holy Spirit, by the glory of God that we were able to move from the place that we were are, the place where we were at to the place where we are and the income and the financial capability to do so. 
And that when I place, when I left, when I stopped looking at him in that area and I stopped fussing and fighting with him, it started. So everything fell in line. And when I, and I'm not talking about it, it didn't take a year for it to fall in line. Once I gave it, see when, once I gave it to God, see once I placed God as my provider or oh, what happened instantaneously. Okay. I don't even, is that a word? But you know what I'm saying? It happened so quick because we don't remember God's timing is not our own. So when you're going through things, you can, when you put God first, it's different. See, as a believer, as a child of God, we have an advantage over all other people. We have an advantage to be able to, to go to God and God just fix it for us. Simple. It may, it may be instant. And I want to be careful when I say my, that's my testimony. Other people, it may be different, but God really does move. I'm telling you, that's a, that's the truth. But you, ha- you know, it takes patience, faith. That's a big one. Faith, 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 trust, faith and trust, neck and neck. But I feel like trust is actually uh, under the umbrella of faith. But uh, yes, faith and trust. But when you put God first, it will all flow. Now, how do we, um, how do we put God first? Right. And and what are the ways that we put God first? How do we do it? The first way, the first thing to do, right, is to repent. So to that's important. Right. Because idolatry is uh, is not good. Okay, you think, okay, you'll, you, you may minimize it. We could minimize it and um, say, well, you know, I, yes, God, I, I'm sorry, I, you know, I idolized myself. I'm sorry, I idolized my husband. I'm sorry about that. I didn't, I idolized no sun. I ain't idolized no moon. I didn't have no, no um, statute that I was bowing down to, God. So, but I, you know, I, I, I'm sorry for that, right? No, idolatry is still. Idolatry, no matter how big or small, sin is still a sin. We can't try to minimize and maximize it. You know, it's still a sin before God's eyes. And I just want to um, read a Bible verse. And I'm going to put these verses in the um, description so that you could go back and look at it. Because it will, it blesses, it blesses me and I know it will bless you. So we're going to look at Galatians. Um, chapter five, verses 19 to 21. And so what this is, is just explain to you how dangerous idolatry is, whether you idolize yourself, whether you idolize others, whether you, whether you really truly one of those that idolize, you know, uh, um, other lower guys, lowercase G, right? So it says now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry. There goes idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, um, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know about you, right? But I want to inherit the kingdom of God, numero uno, right? Number one. But also what this showed you, it shows you is that idolatry is just as bad as jealousy. Idolatry is just as bad as murder. It's on the same wavelength. It's on the same level of, of sin. Idolatry and murder, fornication, sexual, you know, fornication. It's all, that's a whole nother 
we're gonna get into that another time y'all i'm over here saying speaking stuff but i'm just telling you we're gonna get into that because that's a whole nother thing um wrath idolatry is on that so when you think about so when you do go into repentance you're basically understanding that idolatry is just as bad as murder so remember that okay remember that we cannot serve two gods we put god first Okay, so I just wanted to give you that um, scripture to really help you understand um, the the importance of repentance for this. And what repentance is, is you're basically asking God, asking God for forgiveness and you're turning away from it. You're not just asking for forgiveness, but you're actually vowing to stop doing that thing. God knows our heart. So the first, like I said, the first thing to... Put God back in his rightful place in your life as your first husband, as your first provider, as your first provider, as your first healer, as your first teacher, as your first counselor, protector. You're basically saying, you know, you're basically repenting. God, I repent for um, putting, you know, for idolatry. You are exposing your sins. God said expose your sins and God will um, heal you from all unrighteousness, deliver you from all unrighteousness, right? All wickedness, heal you from all of it. I've I've looked at my husband and he was supposed to be this and this and this and God I never um came to you about it. I never did this to you about it. You know, I repent. And we're gonna say a prayer at the end of this as well. Um then, right, you wanna surrender. You wanna give it, you wanna give it to God. You wanna give it all to God. You wanna give it to God. You wanna give those those things that you want, because God knows what we want more than we want, more than what we know. So those things that you've been arguing about those things you've been angry about you want to give it to God and it can hurt because a lot of the times and 99.999% of the times what hurts us so much is even deeper than our husband's is is rooted in past trauma it could be childhood it could be generational um things that our parents have gone through that we witnessed um things that is just on the bloodline that ever you'll see every relationship you've ever seen in your life witness um it could be deep, but you're basically surrendering those things. God, my expectations of my husband working, having the, you know, my, my, um, God, the, I'm, I'm giving you, I'm letting it go. I'm giving it to you, God. I'm surrendering this, God. I'm surrendering the, um, the, 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 all of this, everything that I have in my heart, um, him not, uh, satisfying me sexually, him not, um, providing for me correctly him not taking care of the kids my expectations for these things right him being aggressive I'm giving this to you God him not spending time with me I'm giving this to you God him not him not checking on me him putting his friends first I'm giving this to you God everything that I have argued with and has not budged I'm giving it all to you God I'm giving it all to you and I am trusting you to do it. You are literally putting God back in his rightful place. And you're giving, you're basically taking all that extra baggage and burden that has been holding you down, literally has been weighing on you, has been weighing on you. You are giving it to God. You are giving it to God. And then, ooh, and then you bet. And, and, and during this time, it can get emotional. I mean, I know, listen, when I, I know for me, when I started surrendering things to God, I got, but I started crying. I mean, I was crying. Okay. Blubbering mess. And you be so open and honest with God and you allow God to soothe you. You may want to just stay still, play some worship music. 
right? You want to have that moment, allow God to love on you. And then you go about your day and it's a new day. And then let me tell you, this is, ooh, this is where it gets all nice. It's all nice, but this is where it gets really good, okay? After that, after you do that, ooh, ooh, I'm so excited. <laughs> after you do that, you done release it all. Now you're going to get into the prayer, the power of prayer. You're going to get into praying for, for your marriage, praying for your life, praying for the things that you want. See, God says we don't have because we don't ask. You out here asking the wrong person. <laughs> you asking the wrong, you you asking your husband when you should be asking God. We don't have because we don't ask. God literally, we can ask without reproach, meaning God is not how you, God is not your, he's not your earthly parent. You know, remember back in the day where, you know, we would ask our, you know, <laughs> you know, we would ask our parents for something. They'd be like, no. Don't ask me that. You know, I'm not saying this is my storm. I'm just saying a lot of people will ask their parents for stuff. They will get in trouble for asking their parents. Remember those stories you'll hear the mother be like, don't we get in this story. Don't you ask me for nothing. Don't you don't look at nothing. Don't you even touch nothing. Don't you touch nothing. Um, That's not who God is. God is way better than our earthly parents could ever be. Okay. God gives without reproach. This is in the word. Um, so reproach meaning without feel without anger. Reproach meaning without you getting in trouble. Like he, God is not gonna see, not gonna ask God for joy. He's gonna like take this joy, but you better ever ask me again. Like that's not gonna that's not God. God is I mean, God is perfect, flawless. God is the most loving kindness. And the more when you put God first and you commune with God, we'll get into that in a moment, and you commune with God, you'll find that it's so easy to ask God things. Um and so you get into prayer. Prayer is so powerful. Um, I've seen a lot of movements with prayer. And when you pray by yourself, oh my goodness, when you pray with other like-minded women who truly, um, you know, are wanting to see movements and for you and for their own lives, prayer really does help. And so um, you want to start praying to God for things. So you're not even going to see a husband anymore. You're going to God because remember, this is in the word, the king's heart. Is in the hands of the Lord. God, he he can, God, you have to, sometimes we put, we, we put God on the same level as man. God can change your husband. God can change your husband. And instantly, as soon as he wants to. God can do whatever he wants and it can be done as soon as he wants to, as long as God wants to. You can go to God. So let's say there's an issue with, um. Your husband, you don't feel your husband's not attracted to you. These are real things, right? Let's say he's not attracted to you anymore, okay? And let's say you've been you've either one or two things. You've either been going to your husband, getting mad at him because you know you may have anytime he looks around, you think he's looking at another woman. You're comparing yourself to other women. You're um. Or let's say you're too embarrassed or ashamed and you have not even said anything to him. So your head is just low and you just get into this lower, lower sunken place, right? Um, You can now take this to the throne, the throne of glory, where you can answer boldly. You can say, God, Heavenly Father, you know, you can say to God, like, you're not feeling, you know, you, you, your husband doesn't. You you know, you can tell you know women are not stupid right we we know how what we can we can sense our husband's emotions since the days of Eve. You can sense you know what your husband's feeling, so you can say yeah God my husband is not attracted to me anymore. Um he's not attracted he's not 
into me, you know, and you can, and please be honest, you know, you feel it and you don't even, you can say, and I don't feel good about myself either. I don't feel attracted to myself. I don't feel that I'm attractive either. You can say these things and you know what God will do. He will answer you in different ways. It could be right then and there. You can get a bold answer. You can hear audibly clear. You can have a vision. You can have a dream. Somebody can walk up to you. And give you the directions, and God will give you the answer, and it'll be done in love. So, because when God answers you, it's not to, it's not gonna, it's not meant to flatter you. Flattery is just as bad as lying. I just want to be very, you know, I want to be a hundred percent, want to be very clear about that one. Flattery and lying are the same thing, but God will be honest with you, and then God, and because of His mercy and His grace, He will give you divine instructions. But just be obedient to them. And then when you flow in that and you see God move, um, it could be something like you've gained too much weight. Right? You've gained too much weight. Um, and so I want you to work out. This is, this is, a, don't take, the, listen, this is just an example. I don't want somebody out here, you know, taking this specific instruction, you know, go before the throne. But you gain, to, listen, you gain too much weight. I want you to work out for 30 days straight. Eat 30 days. No, no meat. Okay, anything else? You can even eat sugar. No meat. Listen, <laughs> once again. This is just an example. Please don't be out here saying, well, Portia said that, you know, no, I'm just giving an example. 30 days. And then after the 30 days, you'll find yourself looking, you'll feel immaculate. And then your husband end up doing a double take and you'll know it's God. See, that's the authority we have as believers, as believers, you'll know it's God. Um, Let's say your husband is. Let's say he's he's battles addictions, okay? It could be addiction to pornography, lust, um, drugs, alcohol, TV, um, anything, any addictions, food, any addiction is anything that's excessive, okay? And let's say you it, it has worn you and your family down. It has been it took a damn uh 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 uh. A toll on you and your family, on you, on your marriage, um, just all the all around. Um, ooh, and I have a good one after this one, y'all. But <laughs> all around, so don't don't let it go just yet. You know, listen to this. You know, on the way to work, honey. Listen to this on your way home from work. Listen to this when you in the house laying down, everybody sleep. So you make sure you just get into this whole thing, okay? Um, but let's say you know. Yeah, you know, these are things you have to understand. You have no power to do this on your own. You do know that, right? You have no power to change it on your own. I don't care what, if you ain't take it before God, this is not going to change. And if you have taken it before God and it has not changed, you have to ask yourself what's happening here. What's wrong here? Because God is a God that answers prayers. So you have to make sure that you are being obedient too. See, that's another thing. Sometimes we can make our emotions our God. Oh, Portia, stop. Your emotions can be your God. So what that what that means is, is that you can hear God clear as they say, do something. And then, and concern, let's say God says, okay, don't 
um, if your husband gets angry for ten and uh, for the next ten days, do not react. And that man said, "Rock, you think the enemy not going to try? You think the enemy's not going to try you?" And that man tried to hit you in a place like um, that that pisses you off, and you like you let that anger just rule you, and you start going off. So now you trying to figure out why your prayers aren't answered. Um, I wanted to just throw that little bit in there, but let's say your husband and going back to the addictions, let's say your husband battles with addictions. You can't stop it. You can't make you. Oh, you cannot make um, your husband um, do anything. Just want to be clear, because if and if it does, if he does do it is begrudgingly and nine times out of 10, it won't even be forever. It won't even be a permanent thing. It'll be something that is that's temporary. You got to take it before God. And then when you start seeing things like, let's say, for instance, he has an addiction to, to food. Right. To me, he eats too much. Right. Let's say that's an addiction. So now you've been complaining to him. He, he, he's, he's like, after a while, he just don't want to hear your mouth anymore. So he's like, fine, I'm going to stop eating food. You think he really stopped? That is a demon. Not your husband. I'm talking about that spirit of, of gluttonous, of, which is the addiction. He's doing it behind your back nine times out of ten. And if he's not doing it behind your back, he may be so bold in your face that he'll not do it for that one day and go right back to it. Or he may just not care. I'm like, listen, I don't really care what you got to say. So now with the proper way to do it is now you're putting out as you're putting now that we know that we know that we know you're putting God in his rightful place. And so now you're asking God to break the addiction off your husband, deliver him from the spirit of addiction. Heal this family, any generational curse of addiction, anything that would try to hinder um, your marriage, hinder your husband, anything that's trying to take him out prematurely, anything that's trying to make him obese, anything, you know, and I'm talking about concerns of food, right? Anything that's trying to take him out of this world prematurely, God, heal him from it, Lord. You can ask God these things. You can ask God these things, and I pray this blesses you. Anyone who's dealing with have a husband or a, a wife, you know, anyone that has any, even a family member whom you love so much that you're so close to, you see them battling addictions or battling things, and you have tried to speak with them, and you feel burnt out. That's because you have not given God that you have not placed God in that right place. Cause see, God is also our first friend. He's our first everything. When you put God as your first everything, everything else will fall into alignment. Everything else will fall into alignment. So remember that. So I just, so also, um, and this is once again, here we go, Portia. This is a topic for another day. But what had the dangers of idolatry, but you know, is it what it opens the door to? See, idolatry is dangerous for so many reasons because it opens the door for control. And a controlling spirit is a dangerous thing here. That is a pride demon and God hates pride. So we'll get into that another day. But I just want to explain to you the reason why you must flee from idolatry in your marriage, but truthfully in your life. Put God in the rightful place in all areas of your life and watch everything fall into alignment. There's certain when you do that, I'm telling you, it when you put God in his rightful place in your life in all areas, you will find there's no struggle there. You'll find that. 
um, you'll find that there. You'll find it. It won't hurt you. It won't, it won't mess with you. And God will move mightily on your behalf. God is just waiting for you to surrender. God is just waiting for you to, um, to do what you, you know, God is waiting for you to flee from those idols. God is waiting for you to come to him. See, God wants us to come to him. He gives us free will, right? We have a choice. We have a choice to go to God and the, the blessings that come with it. There's no toil, meaning there's no pain in it. There's no pain in it. And so the other thing is, is that when you do these things, God is working on your behalf. There are angels working on your behalf. So you may seem like, say, for instance, your husband has a um, a weight issue, right? And let's say you're you're literally just not attracted to him, right? Um, and you go, you take it before God. And let's say you have spent years trying to get him to um, gain weight or lose weight, right? And he just, it just won't happen. He just won't do it, right? And in fact, it's gotten worse because remember what I said about that verse, Judges ten fourteen. Go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen, and let them deliver you, deliver you from your time of distress, right? But now that you are free from that through the blood of Jesus, right? <laughs> and now that you have placed God in his rightful place, you're not even, you start praying to God and see what happens is you're not even worried um, about how he, you're not focused on his looks no more. You're focused on God. So you, you, you're looking up. You're not looking to the side. And the next thing you know, you didn't even say anything any, anymore, right? Next thing you know, yeah, you see your, your husband leaving um, home early, like, babe, you know, what's going on? You go to work at, um, you, you leave for work at nine. Why are you leaving out at six or seven? Oh, yeah, you know, um, I was talking about boys and we decided to start working out at the gym. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, well, have fun. Okay, have a good time. All right, well, let me know if you need anything. Yeah, actually, I do. You mind um, creating a, a diet plan for me? You got it. Sure. No problem. And he leave out that door and you go thanking God because you knew it was God. It was nothing you have to do. Nothing. Nothing. We try to do things in, my, in our own might. You know, it's like I, I used this example before. <laughs> it's like say for you know what it's like making yourself an idol, try to do things in your own might or making man an idol or making anything an idol is you're basically, especially in, your, in, the, in the area of marriage, when you're trying to do stuff and now you're left frustrated. It's like having a mansion, right? And you have like all these children, right? And then you have servants. Let's say you have butlers, you have maids, you have um, cooks, you have nannies, you have tutors, and they're just all sitting around watching you right? Just watching you because you decided you wanted to clean up. You want to breastfeed and clean up and feed the baby and tutor your child. You want to make the meals. You want to do all of these. You want to counsel. You want to do all of these things and and clean up a whole mansion by yourself when you have literally servants on staff waiting for you. That's kind of how it is when we we try to do things in our own might. God has literally blessed us and given us angels to go on assignment to, to to the words that we pray to God, to the requests that we give to God. And we're not requesting anything from God. So they're just sitting here like, I really can't. You know, you got wealth angels all in your house. They just sitting there just waiting for you to please just ask God. (laughs) Like, can you ask God, please? 
that you have and, and be obedient with it. Please, please don't make me stop on assignment. Like if God tells you, okay, yes, you, I will bless you with this, but do this, please. You have, um, marital angels who are literally there to bless your marital bed bless your marriage and you're not going to god you have angels that are specifically assigned to your husband see we all have angels assigned to us specifically assigned for your husband's breakthrough and you're not praying to and you're not you're not praying to god and so they're not moving and so another one another thing and i'm gonna i'm almost done here so bear with me you know bear with your girl right another thing is is this is a big one is that you have to it's easy to be emotional about this it's so easy it's and i'm not just spoke about that a little early but i wanted to just dive into it a little bit deeper it's so easy to be emotional about this conversation because what we and I know, you know, for in, in my own personal story, it was like, well, why do I have to do all of this? Well, why do I have to pray? Why do I? Ha- I mean, not pray, but why do I have to pr- ask God for Him to to um want to do this or what to do that? Right? You may be asking, well, God, why do I have to ask Him? Pray to, for Him to be nice, for Him to 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 look at me good, differently. Why do I have to pray for Him to be attracted to me? Why I gotta ch- why I feel like I gotta chase him? Why I feel like I gotta do these things for him? You you may be asking God these questions. Because or asking yourself these questions truthfully. God knows your heart. But the truth of the matter is that if you're in a marriage, marriage is dying to yourself. You which what that means is that you're crucifying your flesh, you're denying yourself, your emotions. So cuz when you are denying your emotions, you you can now see um sorry, when you're truthfully denying yourself, when you're denying yourself, you I see my timer. Sorry, that's why I'm, I I had a little stutter moment. So forgive me. Forgive your girl. She there ain't no speech impediments. I'm good. And anyone that has that this is no judgment zone. But um you're denying your um has you know you're denying yourself because you now are able to see right you're not able to see exactly what's happening what God wants to show you so the 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 truth is you're like well why do I have to pray to um for my husband to um want me why do I have to pray for him to be attracted to me why do I have to pray for him to just say babe you're beautiful why I gotta do all of that he should already be he's a man as a man, he should be, he should step up as a man and love on his wife, right? But see, when you get out of that emotional standpoint and you now get into the spirit, man, when you're sober, meaning you're not overcome, you're not, your emotions are no longer your idol. What you can do is, what you're now doing is now you're allowing God to show you what's really happening. So now you're able to see God, you're able to see that there's trauma there in your husband. Because see, he just like you are a human being, so is he. So maybe there was a situation where in his life he was never told that. In his life he was never complimented. As a child he was always ridiculed. As a child he was always treated bad. Maybe he was abused. So he don't know how to say those things. Maybe he feel it in his heart, but he don't know how to express it. And you're able to see that. And so now... You have the advantage to pray for those things. So now, see, see, that's the beauty about being free from idolatry and being free from from um, being so sunken into your emotions. Now you can pray targeted prayers. Now you can go to God and say, God, I ask you to heal my husband from all trauma. Anything that's trying to break him down as a human being, that's trying to make him feel less than. See, now you're breaking it down. Now you're targeting it. 
And the angels of signs of his life, the deliverance angels, they are going forth to the words that are coming out of your mouth, to the words that you're decreeing. Because remember, there there is power in your tongue. And so, um, yeah, that, that, I think we, I think we wrapped it up. So I just wanted to get, let's just sum it up. You know, let's sum it up real quick. Let's sum it up. (laughs) Put God back in his rightful place. This is not saying that you don't need doc as, as God is your first healer. You don't need doctors. Yes, you have doctors, but what happens is if a doctor gives you, um, a diagnosis, you know, you can go to the ultimate healer and that's the healer to heal you. And that's, I have a testimony for that for another day and they will heal you. And you go back to that doctor and the doctor's astonished, like, oh, wow. You know, we just, oh, okay. Well, everything is clear. You know, your test results are great, right? When, when God is your, uh, when God is your first father, your, fa- your your earthly father doesn't mean that you dishonor your father, right? And in fact, you want to make sure you honor your father. But your father can't hurt you no more. When God is your first mother, your mother cannot hurt you anymore. You know, you honor your mother, but your mother cannot hurt you anymore, right? When God is your first husband, right? You're not able to move into, into this marriage. You're able to flow and see things work. And then you keep praying and all of a sudden your husband going to be praying. And let me tell you something, there's a, there's power. Oh, see, remember a praying husband, there's power in that honey. So you keep going. You don't give up. You trust what God is doing for you and watch the window. Oh, watch the windows. Oh, mm, watch the windows that have it open over you. So I'm going to spend this, um, these last few minutes to pray and, um, and then we'll, you know, we'll wrap it up because my time is, um, you know, it's getting a little low, <laughs> but, um, yes. So I'm just going to pray over anyone that, that anyone that's listening to this and feel free, not even feel free. If anyone came to your mind, share this, um, with them, send it to them. I don't care who it is that that could be God really need, needing them to hear this. It could be a blessing for them. And I pray this was a blessing for you too. So we're going to get into prayer right now. So don't leave yet. Stay on. Let this prayer bless you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this podcast, for this talk. I thank you for this much needed word. God, I pray that you bless everyone that at the sound of my voice that hears this podcast, God. Any wife, God, any husband, God, every marriage, Father God, in distress. I pray that you blow a fresh wind on them and revive them, Lord. I pray, God, every area that is dormant in them in their lives, God, every area of struggle and contention, any area where the enemy has tried to seeped in, Father God, to cause strife. I pray, God, that you will supernaturally intervene and heal them, God. I pray, God, that you will deliver them in their personal time, God. And I pray, God, that you would deliver their husbands. I pray, God, for um, supernatural breakthrough and d- divine and documented miracle signs and wonders. I pray, God, that you will, um, that the power of the Holy Ghost overrules and consumes and destroys 
anything, Father God, that will be a hindrance to their lives, to their marriage, to their children, to their finances, to their ministry. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for what you are doing. I thank you for being an awesome God, a loving God. I thank you for being a God that goes with us. And I thank you for being a God that sees about your children. I plead the blood of Jesus over this podcast, over this prayer, that everyone that listens to it must be blessed in the name of Jesus, God. Let your angels go forth and touch everyone. Let them get a divine, miraculous testimony. God, any area where they have been frustrated in, God, I pray that you will rebuild them. Every woman on this, every woman that has listened to this, God, that has lost confidence in themselves, that has lost themselves in their marriage, that has lost the, that, that, have been feeling that they were in a rut, that they couldn't move, that has felt like they are a shell of a woman, that may even look at pictures of their old self, reminiscent on the times where they have that they have um vigor and that they were alive and free, God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will restore them, God, for every woman that has lost hope on marriage, for the women who are not wives but may have had a divorce or may have um lost their husbands or or may have not even been married or a man has not even looked at them. God, I pray that you will supernaturally intervene. God, I pray, God, that anything that will hinder them, God, I pray that you will step in mightily on their behalf, God, for even for their obedience of even listening on this pod to this podcast. I pray, God, that you will um, supernaturally bless them, Lord. For anyone that was listening to this, God, but their children were distracting them. They had to keep pressing pause and play. I pray, God, that you will um, bless their, bless them indeed, God, that you will give them the supernatural grace, Father God, to mother and not feel burdened. I pray, God, that you will remove all burdens from every woman on this that has listened to this, every man that has listened to this, anyone that just listened to it out of sheer support. I pray, God, that you've spoken to their hearts in the name of Jesus, God. Let every blessed seed... Um, 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 water inside of them, God, and let them produce, let it be, let it produce a fruitful harvest, God, one that nothing can sabotage in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I thank you for these things, God. We thank you and we plead, we re- we release the power of the blood of Jesus over these words, over these prayers, and we decree that it must come to pass. For we serve a living God, a God that answers prayers, a God that sees about his children, a God that go- leaves the 99 to see about the one, a God who is so great and so vast, but yet is so mindful of just us, a God who knew us before he placed us in our mother's womb, a God who knows the anointing that is on our life. That's the God we serve. So we are in high expectancy today, God. We are high expectancy of what you're going to do for us, God. And we thank you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Woo, I feel good. (laughs) So I also want to do one more prayer. Now, this one is for um, salvation. So if there's anybody who have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Um, I want to do that now because essentially this prayer, this um, prayer, this word is really for believers. If you don't, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you, you know, I'm not, you know, you have to accept God, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for it, for it to actually work and manifest in your life. And um, feel free to repeat after me. And even if you felt like you've had, but you've lost track or you've gone off on the wrong course and you want to just rededicate your life, 
feel free to repeat after me. Allow God to lead you. If you feel a, a conviction, like, you know what? I feel, if you feel a guilt, even when I said it, um, you know, not, I won't say guilt. Guilt is not of God, but a conviction, like a Holy, a Holy Ghost power of conviction is what saves us and keeps us from doing wrong. But if you feel something in your spirit that leads you to repeat after me, just please do so. I ask you, you know, for, you know, for your own salvation, you're worth it. You are worth it. So just repeat after me, Lord Jesus, for too long, I've kept you out of my life. I know that I am a sinner and that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith, I gratefully receive your gift of salvation. I am ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe you are the son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And be my savior. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And I just feel this all with the blood of Jesus that it is so. I thank y'all for listening. I thank you. Once again, um, this is, um, it's still building. So it's on a few, I know it's on, you can watch this on Spotify, Google. We trying to get it on iTunes, y'all. Keep me in prayer. Um you can watch this on Anchor. Let me not watch. Listen to on Anchor. You can listen to it. It's a few more other podcasts you can listen to it on. So definitely share. Um, I'm going to put my email out there. Uh, um, if you have any testimonies, if you have any prayer requests, if you really just need someone to speak to, email me. You know, I don't say this just out of habit, but truthfully, the one thing I love is I love to help people and especially when I've gone through something and I've come out and seen the glory of God and seen God move in my life, I want to see other people free as well. I have a passion for wives who are in distress, (laughs) for women who have lost hope. Um, and for fiancés who's about to get married, so shout out to all the fiancés. And because these prayers are truthfully going to bless you because you have the advantage of praying for your husband before y'all are even married. Um, I, I have all of that. So email me. Reach out to me. Um I pray that if you and that if and I pray that even as this goes on, that you um God will place divine people in your life that you can pray with, that you can speak to. And we'll get and, and when I say speak to, I mean pray with, you know, we'll get into the speaking to thing a little later, but you want to be careful with that. But definitely reach out to me. Um trust me, I'm here for you. I love y'all um in real life, okay? In real life, and I thank you all for listening. Once again, if there's anybody that came to you, share. If they didn't come to you, share, 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 share. Let this message be a blessing to others like it's been a blessing for you, you know. Um, there's more to come. We have a great topic coming up next week. So look out for it. <laughs> it's going to bless you. It's going to be, it's powerful. It's impactful. Like I said, I'm going to put the, um, 
the scriptures that I spoke about into the um into the um description. So make sure and meditate um on those scriptures. Pray. Pray today. Be vulnerable with God. Don't just listen to this word. Be a doer. That's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be not just a hearer, but a doer of the word. That's in the word, y'all. That's in the Bible. That's not me. I love y'all. Bye.